Hello and welcome to the Trials and Triumph podcast. I'm your host, Michael Williams, and we're here to talk about faith, relationships, and how to live a more fulfilling life. So following up on the last episode of Trials and Triumph where I started out with a random fact about myself, I wanted to go for round two and kind of make it a little bit more entertaining and hopefully what I would like to see is some responses from you. It would be very interesting to hear what random facts about yourself that maybe nobody knows or maybe you think is just too weird to share but for me another random fact about myself is that I just had my 10-year high school reunion three years ago actually Uh, I did not even think about it being that long ago already but I did not attend my 10-year high school reunion mostly because of scheduling conflicts, but also there's that sense of fear, sense of trepidation where who's going to be there, who's going to remember you, this, that, and the other. And so I kind of have a hard time with whether or not I regret not trying to make it happen. Uh, Same as though my proms back when I was in high school... I never, there was only one dance in high school that I actually went to and it was one of those spring formal fling events and we literally were there for a grand total of 15 minutes. I think we waited longer in line to get in than we actually spent at the dance. So one of those high school you know, young kid things, and we just didn't want to really hang around with a whole bunch of people, so we ditched it pretty early, and uh, that was that, so that's another random fact about me, and I'd love to hear one from you, Uh, maybe it'll get a conversation started is kind of my hope, so you can leave those in the comments of the blog uh, for the show notes page for this episode, and I would love to see some of those coming in and I'd be glad to respond and have a conversation with you. So I don't know if you can relate to this, I'm hoping that you can, but you know those times where there's a habit or a situational thing that you realize after a while is getting you in trouble or it's causing you to stumble or it's causing you to kind of screw something up or you know get you frustrated whatever whatever it does to you and eventually there comes a time where you start hearing all of these things from other people whether it's intentional wisdom that you're seeking out or you see something on a TV show hear something in a sermon, uh, any of any type of source, but you start to notice that once that once that flag goes out and you start noticing these relevant 
messages coming at you that are surrounding the situation that you find yourself in and then you start to wonder is the world or is God trying to tell me something should I be taking notes Uh, should I be doing something different you start to wonder maybe I should listen to those cues unsolicited or solicited whatever the case may be and do something that you would hope that I would hope that would affect change in whatever the situation is that's kind of screwing you up and and making things difficult for you. So for today, I want to talk about our thoughts and our attitude towards life because that's kind of been that thing for me personally where it seems like every time I turn around I'm butting up against a scenario where my attitude or my thoughts about a situation or a person or whatever is being called into question in my spirit to where eventually it came time for me to open my eyes and realize that maybe it's not them, maybe it's me, or maybe it's not this situation driving in traffic or getting stuck in a long checkout line at the grocery store. Maybe it's not any of that as much as it is me, my thoughts, and my attitude. And so those epiphanies, I guess you could call them, started rolling in gradually at first and then with full force over the past couple of weeks and then I finally landed on a verse that I've heard a million times in the Bible and it's nothing that's unfamiliar to me but it's just like if you're if you're a Bible reader if you're a Christian you've probably experienced this or heard somebody that's experienced this where you can read the same Bible verse your entire life at different occasions, different seasons of your life, and every single time you get something new out of it. You see something different in that same verse. It reflects something in your life in a way that it never has before. So there have been several verses like that for me over the past few months and kind of more so over the past few weeks. But the one big ultimate verse that kind of hit me like a brick wall was Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 through 9 where it basically says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble... Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put that into practice 
and the God of peace will be with you. My takeaway from that personally is is that if you have a problem with someone or if you have a situation that is problematic for you, no matter who is at fault or what is to blame, look for whatever is true and good and praiseworthy. Give your problems to God and you'll find peace in that situation or with that person. Because God is concerned with what we do, what we say, and what we think. But what we do, say, and think also is the result of the kind of attitude that we allow our minds to create. And I've been extremely guilty more often than not about having too positive of an attitude but at the same time too negative as well. I speak out with positivity when I notice somebody around me where they're kind of getting down in the dumps and thinking, oh, you know, I'll never be able to make it out of this or, oh, this seems impossible. And and it's just, I, I feel like it's my natural instinct to just shun that thinking in hopes that I can reverse their mentality and and be able to speak into them and say, you know, no, it's not that, it's not as bad as it looks. It's not as bad as it seems. You know, you're going to be okay and and everything's going to be okay. But on the contrary, I end up deep down when it's just me and God, I end up speaking quietly things to myself that aren't true so it's that typical woe is me and you know my life is never going to get better or this could have gone a little bit more pleasantly than I had anticipated it going and it's, it's very harmful thinking because obviously like most things the more you do it the better you get at it and in this case the more you do it the better it gets to you and the better it gets to you the more torn down you feel the more defeated you feel and the less motivation and drive and energy and focus that you have to turn around and combat those negative thoughts and attitudes and actually come out on top in your life And all of these things have the power to distort what is our view of reality. And, of course, I can personally attest to the fact that these negative attitudes and mindsets have prevented me from leaning on God and His Word where I can actually receive, by doing that, a more positive biblical focus that will allow me to come through any situation that I'm faced with with hope instead of exhaustion with joy instead of sorrow or with peace instead of fear and Philippians 4.8 tells us To think about lovely, right, praiseworthy, praiseworthy, admirable things. So why, why, why then do we allow ourselves to get so much joy from thinking about hurtful things? Now we're not going to sit here and, and exclaim that we get joy from thinking negative thoughts. 
you know, nobody in their right mind would actually classify it as that. But if you really think about it long and hard, all you're doing by thinking these negative thoughts is creating a coping mechanism, kind of creating a a sense of peace or, you know, you're giving yourself some sort of satisfaction or relief or reprieve from what's hurting you so bad or what's hurting me so bad that I use these hurtful thoughts as a consolation for feeling hurt. And one of my biggest weaknesses, the one thing that I've had the biggest struggle with improving on even though I have seen notable positive changes lately, is driving where it just brings out the worst in all of us for the most part. And you catch yourself, I know you have, I know you've done it just like I have. Maybe some people have been thinking worse thoughts than others, but I hope that guy gets a ticket for driving like that, or I hope that guy gets in a wreck or that girl gets a ticket for whatever the case may be and literally cue the eye rolling from everybody that's ever ridden in my car and sees how I've driven in Atlanta traffic because I'm guilty and I take full responsibility. I'm a very aggressive driver and it just is what it is. But we all stink at living it out. We all stink at stopping, pausing when we feel that thought or thoughts welling up inside of us and we just want to curse out loud and and honk the horn and give somebody the finger and we just stink because we can't, we can't take the time that it takes to stop, to pause and keep ourselves from being reactive and oftentimes it just gets us to the point where we don't even want to bother trying anymore and and we end up throwing our hands up saying I'm just going to do what I do it is what it is the end but then going back to Philippians chapter 4 where in verse 9 it literally as modern day way of saying it as it could possibly be it just says put it into practice whatever you have seen me do whatever you've seen heard me say put it into practice and I read that I've never been good at reading the Bible deeper than the couple of times that I've read a verse and I kind of get something new out of it each time and and this that and the other and then that's it but this one where you know I've read it so many times and especially in preparation for talking about this on the podcast where it's funny how they use our modern day word of practice which that's not to say that they don't have the word practice in the in their vocabulary back in 2000 years ago but i know that putting something into practice means do it just do it but the key is the word practice itself 
and you always hear it you know if you if you grew up playing baseball football any kind of sport or if you grew up learning any kind of discipline whether it's music or or arts or anything like that you hear the phrase practice 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 or practice makes perfect the key here is is that you have to keep in mind that you're going to slip up i'm going to slip there's no denying it there's no avoiding it we're human again like i said i spent too many years working in several different jobs where every other word out of a coworker's mouth was f this f that or you know even worse than that you get the idea i haven't worked in a job like that for at least 5 years now and it's taken ever since leaving those jobs you know i've had the desire where you know i don't want to i don't want to have a mouth like that you know and and you always hear people say you know you you kiss your mother with that mouth and it's like you surround yourself with that so much for so long that it just becomes attached to you in a way whether it's intentional or unintentional whether you desire it or not whether you care or not and and so bad language as an example it's just for me after over five years of being out of that type of environment I've finally gotten to the point where yes I still slip up I mean if I run right smack dab into the tailgate of my SUV that's lifted up open which I have done recently you know walking full speed and then the corner of my temple hits that car door you better believe that something very colorful is coming out of my mouth and it has but it's not as I am not as prone now to just let something fly for the sake of letting it fly where I'm very conscious of it and it just took practice it took realizing in my head and in my heart that I don't want to be that person and some of the greatest people I know some of my closest friends who have done more than their fair share of good for me have the worst mouths you've ever heard you would never want to introduce them to yourself to your mother and they're awesome and for me I just I'm at a point where I realize that you know that's just not who I am and I want to be more concerned about that specific character quality and so that means that I'm gonna have to start putting myself into situations where I don't feel tempted to just let out a string of obscenities for pure entertainment so enough rambling about that but i did hear a quote recently that it's just the the essence of what the quote is and says kind of blew my mind and i i just decided i could not share it and and i feel like it fits in pretty good here Uh, It's by Abraham Lincoln, and he is quoted as saying, I don't like that man. I must get to know him better.
and talk about stopping you dead in your tracks because holy cow how many times and I'm going to tell you right now that there have been I don't even want to try to guess the number there have been insane amounts of people that I have been put into groups with or been associated with where quick snap judgments and and supported feelings about this person that I just decide right off the bat I have I want nothing to do with that person there is no way in the world that that person has anything in common with me or could provide me with any value or anything and and again while we're talking about the most horrible things you could possibly say as a human being but he just the quote says I don't like that man I must get to know him better and and just let that sink in for a minute because it's like how many more positive enduring relationships could we have on this earth in this life if we were to even if we have that thought originally but if we were to just have the thought and then push it to the side and then resolve to say that I am going to or you are going to make the effort, extend your hand, shake that person's hand and say, tell me about yourself. What's your story? Who are you? And to just think about how much richer our lives would be because of that. I must get to know him better. I mean, honestly, I don't know about you, but the more I say that quote out loud, the more I let it sink in what that quote, what that thought, that attitude entails for us, I've got to get that quote printed and hung up on my wall somewhere where I could see it every day. It, It's just... I want to be like that, I personally, and I hope somewhere deep down inside of you that, you know, if you have any sort of struggle with, maybe you're a people person more so than I am, or maybe that you work crowds better than I do, and, and you know, you you don't have a problem walking up to a stranger and striking up a conversation, but I think even the those types of personalities at times can have the tendency to struggle with really trying not to write somebody off at first glance you know don't judge a book book by its cover and one of the things I I wanted to recommend a book and, and it was really hard to find a book that just speaks to the heart of of this attitude mindset uh, at least one that I've read now I'm very confident that there's a book out there that is just chock full of everything regarding this topic and and if you have it send it to me in the comments or wherever on social media I would love to read that book but one of the books that I actually have read that had a piece of it that really kind of spoke true to what we're talking about here 
uh, comes from Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it just so happens, if I remember correctly, I, I believe it's habit number one, which, you know, why not start with this, is um, where he just talks about being proactive and and in the sense that you're taking responsibility for your life and for your actions and for your thoughts and your attitudes and, you know, realizing, you know, we all have the tendency to blame other outside sources for our woes or for our setbacks or our disappointments and he speaks to the fact that people who are proactive are those people who recognize and accept and and act on the fact that they are the ones responsible for how they live their life and they don't blame their heritage where they came from their family they don't blame their circumstances or their conditions and they certainly don't blame any other things that have factored into how their behavior currently is somewhere in the book Stephen Covey says essentially one of the most important things that you can choose one of the most important choices that you can make is simply what you say and he talks about how your language is a good indicator of your own self-worth and and how you perceive yourself as a person in light of the world around you and he he gets into there you know there's two different types of people proactive and reactive and and if you've read any books about personal growth or spiritual growth you've you've likely heard a good bit about that type of personality assessment where you know proactive people are are very positive and they're very uh intentional you know I can I will you know, I've got this, you know, they take responsibility, whereas a reactive person is a lot more down on themselves or down on the situation, and they, you know, they have a, a little bit more of a bleak outlook on the possibilities of what a situation can become or what they can become themselves, you know, and, and it's, I can't, I won't, I, I you know, I shouldn't, whatever, it, it's just, obviously you can kind of compare the two it's negative versus positive and it's I for so long I personally have been a very reactive person and and that comes from always having your guard up always having your defenses up you know your your clenched fist and and your closed mind and and it's exhausting if you're not like that or if you feel like maybe you're kind of beginning stages of of that type of of attitude or mentality if you feel like you're at a point where you know maybe you once were or maybe you've always been happy go lucky positive go getter this that and the other but you sense a hint of you know closed hand closed heart closed mind nature where you kind of feel like you're withdrawing 
a little bit. I just want to say, though, that, that that reactive nature, that reactive behavior, that closed off intensity is addictive and it's very uh, captivating in the worst kind of way. And, and it's something that I would personally recommend having been there where I would say do what you have to do to figure out how to break those chains now while the stakes are low and and get out of that mindset before it gets too deep into you and it becomes a trap it becomes an ensnaring gripping tight scary place for you to be in and becomes that much harder for you to get out of what I love most about this habit is that where reactive people have the tendency to worry or stress over situations where they actually, in the realest sense, have little or no control over any of it to begin with, proactive people, on the other hand, they are the ones that focus their time on the things that they actually can control. And the problems and, and the opportunities that any of us are going to face in our life, all of those people, all of those situations end up falling into the two categories that he outlines in the books. They're either going to be in the circle of concern or the circle of influence. And so really the takeaway is that you just have to kind of take a step back. It, it really, it takes a lot of, of mental willpower to step back, to slow down enough where you can look and take an overhead view of your life and of, of your situation, your circumstances and all of the relationships that you're in and to really just assess where you are realistically. Because sometimes we can get so caught up in everything, the hustle and bustle of life that you just, you lose track of the motion of life you lose track of the fact that you are moving you know things may not be changing in your life you know you may not be making any more money than you were two years ago or you may not be in a better relationship or another relationship like you were two years or five years or however many years ago and and because of these types of things you feel like because you're so caught up in the motion of it that you've plateaued and you're stagnated to the point of you don't feel like you're progressing. And so what you have to do is you have to, to find a way. I don't even know if stop or pause, which one of those is really the most appropriate word, but you have to do something to step up and out of the motion of your life long enough that you can kind of get a bird's eye view of your entire situation and 
when you do that, that's not guaranteeing that you're going to see something more positive than what you're feeling. You know, you may get up there 30,000 feet above your life and, and, you know, you see something just as dark and depressing as how you feel. But what you have to do in that situation is realize that that dark, depressing feeling is not what defines you. And even better than that, that dark and depressing feeling is not you. It's not your destination in this life. So that alone, if not anything else, that alone should be what helps give you that ultimate boost of confidence in the right direction that says, hey, this is not the end of me, and hey, I can actually change my attitude, and and just know this, that by changing your attitude, and changing your posture, changing your demeanor, all of these things, not saying it's going to be easy, but all of these things are going to take you in a slightly slightly different direction as it relates to your life and and it's going to you're going to find yourself in a place I don't know how long from now but you're going to find yourself in that change of attitude and that change of mindset in a place far greater than where you are at this moment and you just have to keep in mind that it's an incremental baby step change. Those little changes over a long period of time will make huge differences in your life. And if you're making positive changes, you're going to see huge positive results in your life over time so to wrap up today's episode and I want to thank you for sticking it with me throughout this because this has been a very very significant topic in my life for the past I would say probably two years but over the course of that two years probably the last three to six months it's skyrocketed in intensity uh, the focus of God saying I need you to reel in your intentional attitude about wanting to be better at things and wanting to be better at life I want you to reel that in and laser focus it on this area of your attitude and your mindset and again like I said at the beginning of the podcast that God is concerned yes with what we do what we say and what we think however it's those things all of those things are the result of the kind of attitude that we allow our minds to create and so with that said I've come up with two questions and and these questions are things that 
I've been asking myself a lot lately and it and it's something I feel like if you want to take it on if you want to use these questions as part of your daily routine you know maybe you maybe you just simply read these questions out loud to yourself each morning and and you give yourself each day to think about it and and maybe by thinking about these things you are allowing yourself some room to make those incremental changes and again it all goes back to you know you're thinking about those things and 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 it's helping to remind you that in order to make those incremental changes you have to make the take the baby steps towards thinking positive thoughts and and to say you know I'm not going to think about oh that guy just made me so mad he cut me off or whatever whatever the situation is uh that you are actually going to think about the positive in your life and let that outweigh anything that you see around you that could bring you down the question number one is what do you need help with as it relates to changing what you do say and think and these questions are going to be on the blog under the show notes uh, page for this episode the second question is what changes can you make in your day-to-day to help foster that change and so that gives you the opportunity to really think about what can I replace you know you, there's triggers in your life where you know you get on that one back road and you know you always it seems like it's faster to get home on that back road but then you know that you nine times out of ten get stuck behind a bus for a few minutes and they have to make a few stops and it's like oh my gosh I'm never going to get off this road you know we all have triggers like that with different areas of our life and we have to figure out pick one let's make it easy let's make it simple pick one trigger that you can find in your day-to-day that spurs a negative attitude or a negative outlook and let's find a way to replace that trigger with a positive one and and let's just start with that one and I am full of confidence that over time as you work on making that trigger replacement a habit you will start to notice these gradual positive changes in the right direction and you will end up feeling better and I I attest to this because I've done it and and I've seen it in my own life you will you will feel that lighter positive energy inside of you just as a result from taking one trigger in one part of your day and replacing it with one positive action and in closing I had to throw this quote in here it's from a guy named John Cabot Zinn which I've never heard of but he says you can't stop the waves but you can learn how to surf so let that sink in all of those quotes are going to be on the show notes page on my blog for this episode 
uh, that will be available later this afternoon. And I just want to say thank you for allowing me to spend the past 30 minutes or so with you uh, from making it through the episode. And, and I really hope to hear from you. Uh, what are your thoughts? What, what in your life are you struggling with replacing a negative attitude with a positive attitude? How is that affecting you? What can I do to help or pray for you about, you know, anything I'm here for you. And I thank you for being a part of this journey, this entree journey, and for being a part of Trials and Triumph podcast. And it would be so awesome. I would be so grateful uh, if you enjoyed this podcast. You can always go on iTunes or anchor.fm slash entree journey podcast and leave a review. Um, would love to hear your thoughts. Would love to see you share this with somebody that you may think would benefit from it and that's pretty much it for this episode of trials and triumph and i hope you have a wonderful day i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time we'll see you then